Always Loyal Podcast presented by Lucia Capital Group, official wealth management partner of San Diego Loyal. In soccer, you've got 90 minutes to win the match, but how much time do you have to reach your investment goals? The clock is ticking. Don't wait. Go to LuciaLoyal.com right now to get your investment plan started. That's L-U-C-I-A Loyal.com. All right, Darren, season two, episode 15 of the Always Loyal Podcast. What's coming up today? Jordan Carruth, he's the one and only voice of San Diego Loyal. He is Jack Cronin, and he joins this episode of the Always Loyal Podcast. It takes years of dedication to become a champion. Palomar Health's team of world-class doctors, nurses, and technicians work tirelessly to ensure that the health care you receive is second to none. Palomar Health, champions of healthcare, champions for you. All right, somebody in front, what a ball from Lou. Toomey, look out of the box. All the hesitation, no, oh, there it is! Toomey time here in the 60th! All right, he's very, very busy, and we just wrapped up the busiest month of the year for SD Loyal. I think that is actually correct. Seven matches in April. That's that's more than any other month. Jack Cronin joins us for the first time this year. How's it going, Jack? It's going great, fellas. You guys are the best. Listen to you all the time. Love you guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, we figured this was a good opportunity, Jack, for us to check in to sort of get a state of San Diego Loyal, because according to our math, we are 834ths into the season so we're just about at the 25 percent. what did you do the math on what how, how much what is our percentage into the season up I, until this point I, I think i think not including the open cup i think we're like 24 percent of the way through so we're just 24. getting going 24 percent is that four seventeenths four seventeenths <laughs> into the season that's easy that's probably a little bit easier to reduce it down a little bit if you want to take that further go ahead i'm not capable of doing i don't think we could hour. reduce 17 at this point i think we're done i think we're stuck at four seventeenths which when we put that together like perfect time for jack cronin to join the podcast absolutely no nobody does eight thirty fourths into a season four seventeenths into a season better than jack cronin jordan excellent point too seven matches in the month of april you could sort of sense it on saturday night that a long week and a long month thankfully the calendar's turned now getting into may with four matches although that's a little bittersweet because that obviously means that there's no open cup Jack, give us your observations. We're eight matches in, four wins, two losses, two draws. Give us your observations from where you sit. You've got a unique vantage point. What have you seen so far this year? Yeah, I think I think it's been great. Um, you know, the number one thing that I said coming into 2023 was this was the deepest team in the four years for Loyal. This is the deepest team they've had. Average talent across the board, best they've had. There's no singular type of player. There's no Kyle Vassell, John Kempen. Miguel Berry, Rubio Rubin type player, but there are there's so many great players on the roster top to bottom, and they needed all of them in April because then all of a sudden everybody got hurt there during the stretch where you were also rotating the squad, which you were missing Blake Bodley and Alejandro Guido and Elliot Collier and Evan Conway, but all those guys, in addition to Evie, were all out in this final match there against El Paso this past weekend, and yet they still played well. Two of you guys' first goal of the season – you showed very well, I think, in the Open Cup, a 5-4 match, a nine-goal match on the road at Seattle against the MLS club. Um, so, you know, I, assuming everybody gets healthy the rest of the way, then this is going to be a dangerous team, one that can go very far in USL. You just rattled off some names there that if you've been following this club since its inception, you remember Miguel Berry, and you remember Rubio Rubin, and you remember some of these names. Even last year, I had this thought over the weekend 
when I went to the match Torero that I was like, hmm, you know, this this feels like the kind of game where where an individual performer like a Kyle Vassell, you know, would would certainly stand out. Um, I, I know this is like the ultimate sports radio cliche kind of question, but the identity of the club is what here? Is it is it, what is it? Is it depth eight matches into the 2023 season? I think it's depth, consistency, um, and and the teamwork that's built on these seven guys who've been here for four years, um, adding in pieces that are adding to it, right? That are additive pieces that are elevating guys like Charlie Adams and Colin Martin and Alejandro Guido and guys who have been here all four years and then elevating them as a USL championship team. So I think the identity of this club is, you know, being able to know exactly where everybody's going to be, knowing uh, that Coke Vegas, who's been here now for two seasons, is going to play higher, uh, knowing where Charlie Adams can go. Um, the, the, if you're healthy, then this team is as deep as any in USL, as deep as it's ever been for this club, as I said, can go very far, assuming the health is there, which is not a thing to say when you say it's the deepest team. But when you have five guys out on Sunday, it can really show. We bring up these seven matches played in April, uh, a couple league matches, a couple open cup matches in league. Loyal went two, two and one open cup. They get a win against Albion and they bow out against Seattle Sounders. You referenced that match. Uh, clearly the most memorable match of the month. Uh, what were your overall thoughts? What, how did how did you consume that one? Well, I mean, I, it was it was disappointing to give up those three goals because those are goals that San Diego does not usually do. This is not a team that makes those kind of mistakes. It's not a team that stops playing. It's not a team um, that misses those kind of chances. So it was disappointing because you realize that they could have gone on. However, what Shannon McMillan was saying on Saturday during the broadcast was this could be a moment where you look at that match and use it for the rest of the year, knowing that you can come back on the road multiple times against an MLS club and using that the rest of the way here in USL. It's a game that easily San Diego could have won. You don't give up those three goals. You're cruising for that match. Um, there were some heroic goals from Joe Corona and Kyle Adams. Uh, so, but I think just as an overall uh, match for the rest of the USL season, it could potentially be a springboard. We'll have to wait and see. What impact, if any, do you think that match had on Loyal over the weekend, the result that they had their first loss at Torero Stadium? Obviously, it's a busy month. And the open cut match, you got to go the distance, extra time. Uh, what what kind of impact did that have over the weekend? Yeah, I think it had some. I think it was more of a cumulative point that you referenced earlier from April, uh, which is just all of the matches, not necessarily perhaps the Seattle one, even though Evan Conway was a late scratch. Uh, he was in the, the 11 and then pulled out just before kick. Um, Alejandro Guido was a uh, planned 45-minute. Nate Miller afterward in the postgame said that was a planned sub uh, late in that match. So you were already rotating given three matches in a week. You were already rotating because you had five guys out. Uh, so cumulatively in the month of April, I think it had more of an impact there than perhaps just the Seattle match. Although, it, uh, you know, Conway and Collier both played, uh, and then were out for this particular match. So yeah, maybe some, but I think just, it was, I think just getting through it because now you have a stretch of you know, Saturday, 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 like all of these matches, just one per week, full weeks off will do wonders for this team moving forward. Yeah. Three out of four away from Torero, but I think you're right too. When you see that Conway's in the starting 11, something happens during warmups. I don't know that the details are available. 
and Guido and Corona were both scheduled to rotate out mm-hmm. at halftime. All of a sudden, then you know you're walking a little bit of a tightrope when it comes to your availability and your squad depth. And then you know one little thing like that happens, all of a sudden your plan is sort of cast off to the side. So uh, I'm with you on that one. It was a long month, and you could sort of sense it even in the support staff, right? Like I was around in certain areas, hanging around with other people. They closed the San Diego Loyal offices Monday earlier this week just because they wanted to give everybody a day off just to go back and refresh their batteries. Now, that's the support staff, so you can imagine what it's like, even though they're professional athletes and they're getting paid. You can imagine what that was like, like the toll of the week, three matches, the emotional one in the middle of the week, the whole month. You you could imagine the kind of toll that that probably took. I'm sure even Shannon was probably pretty tired of the booth up there with you, Jack. (laughs) Yeah, look, I mean, they, these guys all have, you know, Shannon's got a real job, you know, we, you know, we just show up and have a great time, um, you know, but they're all, they're all working their hearts out for this team. And it is really, it's been inspiring to see the last four years um, for everybody, Andrew, all the way down through Ricardo and Shannon, everybody involved. Um, so yeah, you can feel it. You can feel how emotional um, it has been this month here, three in this week. Sure. Um, but they, to have that kind of chance, uh, to know that what's ahead of you is all positive, assuming the health is there, then I think these things are going to be just fine for, for 2023. Let me ask uh, your thoughts, Jack, because you know Jordan and I don't do a lot of X's and O's and tactical stuff. But, you, know, you on the broadcast, you get unique opportunities. You have to chat it up with Sal Zizo, Shannon McMillan. I wonder for you, when we talked with Nate Miller to start the season, we asked, well, what would be different with a Nate Miller-led squad? He said, it's just going to be a continuation of the work that Landon and I have been doing for the first three seasons of the club's history. I just wonder if there's anything that stands out to you. I mean, I I could go over like goals scored through eight games this year versus last year, goals allowed this year. I I don't know. I mean, that would feel kind of anecdotal, but uh, I wonder if you've noticed anything different about Nate Miller's first year at the helm for San Diego Loyal. I don't know that anything is drastic. I think he makes a good point. I mean, Atlanta's obviously still, uh, you know, the EVP of this team. So they're still involved. It was on the field post-match uh, this past weekend. Um, but I, I don't think anything's drastic. I think they're, they have done uh, a decent job of kind of uh, pulling everybody in defensively and committing to the three in the back with the wing backs. And I think defensively elevating play there. Um, then, when it moves through the midfield, you have complete consistency with Guido and Adams and Martin, and then adding in Joe Corona, who had his best match in a loyal jersey in the U.S. Open Cup game and has been getting better and better and better, was on the USL team of the week uh, this past week. So you're adding to the midfield. And then up top, you're, you're still waiting for Ronaldo Damos to break out. Uh, I think Evan Conway has been great. Toomey got his first goal of the season. Uh, your wingbacks have been getting involved, whether it's Moon, and Pettis, and, and Bodley. Uh, so it's again, much more of a team look, you're not throwing the ball forward for one particular player. It's a team look where anybody can score. And I think that's the biggest difference and not necessarily a tactical one, just the way the roster is constructed and what we go, went back to when we started the show. Yeah. Did Nate did say to us to start the year, Jordan, that you know, one of the things he felt like the club had to be better at, and this was the highest scoring club in the Western conference, I think second, third in USL championship was need to get better defensively. I don't, I don't know that this is the trend, but through eight matches last year, 14 goals allowed through eight matches this year, seven goals allowed. So I don't know, maybe that's quality competition. Maybe there's something more to that than just me stat vomiting and, and just putting those numbers out there. But 
you know, goals allowed is, is certainly something that Nate Miller talked about. And at least through the first eight matches, it's, it's been better than it was to start the year last year, which, which was a trade-off. He admitted that they were willing to make because they wanted to be a better goal scoring club, but you know, now they had to refine that a little bit. So we'll see how it shapes out for the rest of the year. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I think that just the subtlety of, you know, if, if you're committing to it just a bit more, and you just mentioned you cut the goals in half that you're allowing to start the season, an incredible number. Um, just committing to it a bit more and not completely throwing forward as they have in the past while still using the same um, general uh, formations and tactics and those kind of things, um, then that kind of balances out a little bit and allows you to start where you are right now with 14 points. Uh, as we're just kind of checking out SD Loyal through the first couple matches of the season, kind of taking a step back, breathing a little bit. I want you, I, I want to hear your analysis a little bit on the new players, players that came in, Joe Corona, Perez, Ronaldo Damus, Collier. Is there a player who really stands out to you that you've really enjoyed watching maybe more than others, or maybe a player that has made the biggest impact on the club in your mind? I'm not sure that anybody's made it again. I, you know, I hate to come back to it. I think everybody is collectively contributing. Uh, I'm really impressed with Blake Bodley. Um, his speed and burst have been great, but then he's also uh, missed a couple of matches here. Um, so it's it's elevating everybody, right? It's Coke Vegas playing even further up the field. It's Duran Faree, uh, who's starting for the U.S. Under-17 national team, getting a shutout and becoming the youngest player in USL championship history to get a clean sheet. Um, it's the combination of Joe Corona and Colin Martin, who both, I think, have looked great. And Colin Martin came in and gave a spark against El Paso in the second 45 on Saturday. Corona had his best match this past week and has had his best probably stretch of matches. Adrian Perez, who may or may not be a starter on this team, started and scored against Tampa Bay, the game winner. Uh, so Conway has elevated his game. He's the leading scorer right now. So it's not, you know, not necessarily. And again, I, I think the one guy we're all waiting for is Damus, who mm -hmm. is going to, we think, break out uh, later on. So I, I I don't know that it's one particular player, whether it be the seven guys who've been here for four years or any of the newcomers or the guys who've been here for two years. Um, I, I think this is a building of a collective four year commitment with uh, essentially the same coaching staff, right? I mean, they're based, you know, consistent there. Uh, you're building up to year four, you know, the style based on playing together and then using that for a 34 match season. So I think, again, it's more collective than it's perhaps particularly in one player itself. I appreciate your collective approach, but I'm going to ask you about an individual once again. Yes, I love it. Perez is someone you pointed out, and it sounds like he is a player that is really earning more and more minutes, more trust. Uh, you say borderline starter, the way it's been going. Maybe he, maybe he's locking himself into a starting role. What is the future with Perez and the starting lineup with this club, in your opinion? Great. Well, it all, first of all, depends on injuries, right? I mean, Bodley's out right now. Um, they had Perez has played both inverted and uh, he's played on both sides of the wing. So he can do that. That's versatile. He's also played up top. He started up top uh, as a striker in the first match of the season because the red card suspensions and a couple of injuries. So the versatility is great. If you can play three positions, you will earn yourself more time. Um, and he's a guy who has showed quality, especially in that Tampa Bay match. Uh, impressive. And I, again, it's not necessarily about who, like, use, let's use Perez and Moon and Bodley, or then use Corona and Martin uh, and Charlie, whoever. It's not necessarily about who's playing, you know, 90, 90, 90 here. 
it's who's playing collectively over the course of say three or four matches in a row to rotate through to help everybody and he's a great example of that i'd like to ask about a, another new player i want to make sure that i pronounce his name correctly Tumi mosho bond is that how you say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's this new guy you know uh he's a great goal scorer i'm yeah boy brand new addition to the club yeah, Tumi uh, Moshaban opened his account yeah. this past weekend <laughs> against El Paso Locomotive, scoring that goal. Whatever happened to Tumi Moshabani? And could you tell well, us a little bit about this Moshaban character? Very funny. No, so we finally apparently went down and asked Tumi how to say his last name, and it's Moshaban instead of Moshabane, which you know I guess during the pandemic we just you know, came up with one na- way of saying it, and he didn't. He's such a great, nice guy. Didn't you know correct anybody. Uh, and so uh, he's like, oh yeah, it's uh, it's Moshe Bond. Like, oh okay, <laughs> right. So uh, he added to his all-time leading goal-scoring total of 18 now. One this year, six last year, 10 in 21, and a goal in 2020. 18 total by far the leading scorer for San Diego Loyal. Uh, and it was a good goal on Saturday. A good solid goal. Hesitation, power shot uh, with Toomey in that dedicated left foot. So. Great to see him start for this year. And yes, to meet Moshe Bond, uh, you know, this is great. We actually have it right going forward. Doesn't that say everything about him? I, I don't know how of well course. anybody knows him personally, but you guys have both had the opportunity to call goals that Toomey scored. I was up in the booth with the PA voice of San Diego Loyal, Nate Abarea, over the weekend. And when Toomey scores, he's like, it's Moshe Bond, right? Like, we're all clear now. This is his name. Right? Like, we just wanted to make sure. How many times has he heard that? Well, he's heard that 18 times. Tumi Moshe Bani. He's heard that on the broadcast. The club was putting out clips. Like, it, it just speaks so well of Tumi that, like, he's such a, a nice, quiet kid. That, like, he didn't even, after all of the success that he's had here, unprecedented success, goal scoring with San Diego Loyal since its inception. <laughs> we just found out randomly a couple of weeks ago that we've been pronouncing his name wrong this whole time. Right. And so, you know, he's not like some number eight who maybe gets lost in some, you know, whatever <laughs> system some team is playing. He's literally the leading goal scorer for the franchise over four years. So, yeah, that's a product of, you know, him having great success, but doing so in a closed fashion during the pandemic uh, and him being such a wonderful person that he's just like, yeah, whatever, that sounds great. And if I went down and asked him and got everybody's pronunciations, and there it is for Tumi Moshoba. I can't even begin to describe how jealous I was that you got to call a Toomey goal over the weekend. Awesome. Look, it's, he had been waiting too. Like he had been, mm-hmm. you know, again, with all, with, with Conway and his continued rise and the signing of Damus, uh, you know, this, there, there are plenty of opportunities for goals to be spread around and they have been this season, but he's been waiting for it. And uh, that one was a, as great a time as any to do so, given what we talked about to be in the show. You put a huge smile on my face when you belted out it's Toomey time on the call. Toomey even celebrated, pointing at his wrist. (laughs) So that's he seemed to be in on the celebration. There was a lot of Toomey time references happening. But what do we have to do to get Nate to to drop a it's Toomey time over the PA system? What where do I send that that request? Send it to him. Go bug him. He's there. Mm -hmm. Look, you know, we need like a clock sound effects playing inside the stadium (laughs) when Toomey scores, like clocks going haywire. Well, if you watch the hype video at the beginning of every home match they played on the scoreboard at Torero Stadium, I mean, he's doing the celebration there. Like, he's he's into it. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's ready to go. I love that he's embraced it. Mm-hmm. He is, he's a fan favorite. 
He's one of these seven players who's been here all four seasons. He goes back along with Nate Miller. This is, he's a guy who we can build things around, whether it be, you know, in stadium, just the, the team itself. I think it's great. So yeah, let's, you know, Nate's a man of the people. So if you go bug him, he's, he's right there. He's accessible. He's a great dude as well. He'll, he'll be ready to go. You mentioned uh, Duran Faree. Uh, I wonder, Jack, you know, some of the subtleties uh, that you get an opportunity. Like this is a sport where you can always watch the ball and we can always focus in mm-hmm. on the goals and the shots and the saves, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's there, there, it's a sport of subtleties as well, like great midfield creators, guys who are or maybe not racking up statistics, you know, the traditional statistics. You guys get the opportunities to sit with some of these analysts. You know, who are the players, like, if you're not watching the ball, like, who are the players that, you know, you really think are worthwhile watching if you really want to truly understand the sport of soccer and the essence of what it is that Nate Miller's trying to do? That's a great question. Yeah, uh, Charlie Adams, to me, is number one there. Watching Charlie Adams create, because he can play. If you watched him on Saturday, he was pushed up to the wing. He was up playing a seven when he's normally an eight. In fact, his career started here as a six in San Diego that first season. He can play any of those midfield positions. He's so accurate. Um, he appears out of nowhere when a play builds up, and all of a sudden he's there to become the pivotal pass in it, right? So Charlie Ems, to me, watching him off the ball is, to answer your question, my favorite thing to do away from the ball. Uh, it's a great thing to bring up Faree because watching Faree in Vegas, which are two, you know, you have an American keeper and you have a Spanish keeper. Vegas is playing so well with the ball at his feet that it's something we don't see in the U.S. And to have him play so far up to where he is he is so confident and has embraced the role of playing with his feet, he becomes a fourth defender. He pushes up so far, he becomes, you know, he could be a six, he could be a central midfielder. Like, he he's so good that he pushes your line forward. And it's something Faree can learn from. Now, he's not as good as Koke yet, and that's something Duran's only 16 years old. Great with his hands, good instincts, got the great size. He's going to be an amazing keeper in the future and already is. As I said, youngest one to ever shut out in USL history. But if you add that dimension of the Spanish style of playing out of the back with your feet to being a great keeper, to learn from somebody who does it so well, what an advantage you're going to have for the rest of your pro career. You're only 16 years old. Um, he, he's not there yet. Again, only I'm only speaking of at his feet right now. But I mean, this is a guy who's had three professional starts, right? Like it's incredible. Uh, it just to have that ability to learn that element of a game that not everybody has. In fact, ninety percent of keepers don't have. I think that's awesome. Yeah, he's he's. I said it to you before we got rolling here. Since we're recording on a Tuesday morning, I don't think any of us are showered. By the way, I was like. Does Koki oh, normally got, play up? Oh, I got up. I got uh, up, baby. Let's, look uh, let's at you, you overachiever. I know ah. Jordan well enough to know he didn't. So <laughs> uh, I was like, does he normally play that high? And I've just not seen it. Or what was the, like, he was damn near in the, in the midfield circle. Yeah, so that was an element of El Paso playing so far back, especially late in that match. But he he's out of the defensive third quite a bit. And it's not that far. He's not mm-hmm. as far as you referenced. Uh, during the El Paso match because they were playing back so far and San Diego was trying to push for a late goal. Uh, and so they were really, really... But yeah, he plays... It is not unheard of for him to play out of the defensive third and to push that far forward and be so far wide, too. I mean, when he sets up, it's not like he's moving 
as a center back. He's essentially playing as a, a fullback where he's, he's out wide. He sets himself up and becomes an incredibly versatile, valuable, impactful option in the buildup rather than the way we were all raised just watching, you know, keepers bang it, you know, to midfield and hope what happens in a 50-50 ball. It's, it's so valuable to be able to play that way. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't play that high up, but it's been close, and he's done a great job. I want to ask you about another individual. Last time I'll do this, I promise. Elliot yeah. Collier. I, I yeah. honestly don't feel like I know a lot about him. Clearly, we've seen him play. We've seen him have opportunities to score. We're still waiting for him to slam one home. What do you know about one of the newest additions for Loyal? All right, check this out. Back in 2017, there was an exhibition college soccer match played. And this is, you know, I'm not sure many people are watching Milwaukee and Loyola college soccer matches, especially one that was a preseason match and didn't count toward the regular season. But in that match, you had Nick Moon and Evan Conway playing for Milwaukee. And you had Grant Stoneman and Elliot Collier playing together for Loyola in college playing against each other. All four of them on the field at the same time in 2017 Come on. for a college soccer match. How about that? Do we have photos so, of this? I don't know if there's video or photo. I mean, it's, pre it's 2017. Like, there's definitely 2017, video. You know? So all four of those guys playing together. And then you would have uh, you would have three of them kind of move their way up through the USL ranks. Stillman and Moon are a couple of guys who played for Nate Miller at Lansing with Toomey and coming here to San Diego. But for Collier, there's a guy who played the New Zealand national team 2019. Um, who spent some MLS time with Chicago, again, coming out of that uh, part of the country, spent a little bit of MLS time, scored four times for San Antonio, winning a championship. Um, and then as he comes to San Diego, he's a guy who, we, again, we're talking about opportunities. So you've got Ronaldo Damos uh, and Evan Conway, who are probably going to be up top a lot of the time. But Collier's a guy who's 6'4", with great feet. He's fast, good feet. And he's not a guy who, who is just all power all the time. For his size, you might think that. But he's a guy who's got good feet and good speed and plays an unselfish style of soccer, too, where he can create from a number nine position. So I'm excited for him. Again, he's not going to be a, like an all-90-minute guy, perhaps. Maybe he is. Who knows? We don't know yet. But, um, but he's a guy who really adds to what we have talked what I've talked about here this entire time, which is, these are guys top to bottom in your 18 or 20 or 23, whoever many guys you're going to use the rest of the season. Uh, I think he's a valuable part of that. Wow. He, that he just clearly blew adds, my mind. Yeah. Right. How about that? Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting a full story. That was really <laughs> good. Has that been on the broadcast or is this an always we miss podcast exclusive? I don't know if I've mentioned it yet on the broadcast. It's one of those things I wrote down like in, at the beginning of the year. I don't even know if I've mentioned it yet. Uh, on the TV broadcast. It's yeah. tough to but get into full stories like that on a TV sure, broadcast. Sure. Yeah. So this is why we That's, have the podcast. This, this is why you have the why podcast. You can seek into this stuff. Podcast. Yeah, There's what else got to be video of that. <laughs> what else do you got? Name what another you got? What, other, what other stories you got that you can't that should be a, That should be the weekly a weekly segment with us. The story you <laughs> didn't right. get to on the TV broadcast. Jack, what else you got? Well, okay, how about this? How about this? I know you guys are going to you know mention this later on, but like, we, we are coming up to a Hall of Fame induction this weekend for Landon Donovan, the, the National Soccer Hall of Fame, where Landon, because he's not pitch side, you know, so much front and center every time, we should be bringing up every time. Having the ability, I mean, I'm in the booth with Shannon McMillan, who's a Hall of Famer, 
uh, having the ability to learn from these kinds of human beings for these four years in San Diego has been a big, big blessing for us. But Lance going to the Hall of Fame this coming weekend, which is amazing. And Frisco, Texas. How about that? How about that's that? Where the, that's where the Soccer Hall of Fame is, in case you didn't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Frisco, baby. Texas. We always pick the biggest cities for Hall of Fame. So. <laughs> right. Springfield, Canton. Right. You know, you're Cooperstown. Right. Cooperstown. Right. Yeah. We can't pick a major city for any of this stuff. Uh, I think that's closest to a major city for what it's worth. So good job, soccer. Good job there as well. Overall thoughts for the upcoming month. We talked about the depth for the team and how important that's going to be going forward in the regular season. April was tough. A lot of games, difficult opponents. You're playing league. You're playing open cup. Things starting to, they soften up a little bit in May. You take on Orange County. Uh, you take on RGV, Miami, and Oakland. Not exactly top of the table teams. It seems to me, Jack, like this is a time where you really need to flex a little bit of that muscle and, and show why you're going to be one of the more dominant teams in USL. This seems like a, a good opportunity for Loyal to showcase what we all know that they can be. Sure. And I think, you know, the month of May, there's only four matches. They're all one week apart. In fact, there's five straight. If you go into early June, five straight matches where you don't have anything else on the schedule. You can wait, recover, play one match per week, give it a full 90, use whoever's available to their fullest. Uh, that, to me, is the most important stretch here for these next five for San Diego. Now, included in it, as you extend from May into June and then into July, seven of nine are going to be on the road over the next 11 weeks, um, starting with that Miami contest. But, yeah, to your point, you've still got rivalry games here. Orange County, two years removed from a championship, made a head coaching change, um, a rivalry game because it's the closest geographic opponent for San Diego should be some great supporters going up there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Oakland playoffs, you know, right? Like you got to Oakland's got San Diego's number in some mm -hmm. ways. So how do you, you know, you bounce back, you go on the road there, San Antonio, same thing, come out there at championship run. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some fun games on the schedule, but I think to Jordan's point, um, perhaps a good way to look at where this team stands. I think we might know perhaps more when we get to the middle of June than we do right now, because it's been so condensed and you're trying to save guys and prepare for a 34 plus two plus playoffs match season for San Diego. I think this is a great uh, way to look at really where San Diego is the next, I would say next five uh, uh, and see where you are. Yeah. I, I like what you say too. anybody uh, who's made the trip to orange County. It's, it's a relative, it's a very uh, easy drive. Jordan's yep. made the drive. I've done the bus trip a couple of times. Uh, it's a ton of fun. And, and I know at least as of this past weekend at Torero stadium, there were seats available. So get in touch with one of the supporters groups. I think the locals have a bus going up there. I think the club has a bus going up there for season ticket members. If you want to go be part of that on a Saturday, normally these have been midweek too. So it gets a little wonky. You know, you got to think about how much sleep you're going to get if you work the next day, but this on a Saturday night, seven o'clock at orange County, then back home against RGV, as Jack said, at Miami at Oakland at the end of the month, which should be interesting. And you said something there, Jack, that, that, um, reminded me of of another part of the conversation we had with Nate Miller when the season started which was you know it's a long season right it's yeah. 34 matches and and you want to win as much but we also know eight clubs in each conference make the postseason and going to the postseason hasn't worked out right maybe their worst match of the year last year was the match against Oakland at home 
I don't know that there's anything that that's obvious, but in terms of a point of emphasis internally about making sure that they're playing well at the end of the year, which they haven't the last couple of years, I don't know that that there's anything we could identify that we're smart enough to identify, but I certainly get the sense, and you probably get the sense, not just from being around it, but being around Shannon as well. Like they're going to make sure that you know if guys only play 45 minutes at the end of an April match, it's because they are thinking about the long game and making sure that they're in a better position moving into the postseason should they qualify to do so at the end of the season. Yep, I agree completely. The you know especially guys like. Alejandro Guido, Joe Corona, like these are guys who you're going to want, uh, you know, at their highest possible ability in October, late October, early November, rather than early April. You're playing 34 league, two U.S. Open Cup. You mentioned eight out of 12 teams in each uh, conference make the playoffs. So it's it's a long run. It's a long run to get where San Diego wants to be, where Andrew last year told you guys, they're looking at, hey, advancing fast, making the playoffs, hosting the playoffs. Now they want to go further. So this is to do that. You have to look at it as if it's going to be a 40 match season plus. So when that is said to go from March 11th all the way to late October, early November proves exactly what you said there, that they're going to play the long game. And, you know, San Diego right now is what third in the West mm-hmm. a point or two away from being second. I mean, it, they had the third best record coming into this past weekend in all of USL, both conferences. So they're playing, they're, they're going to play the long game uh, and certainly look toward October, no doubt. And can I just end on one note, a little, little tidbit that I picked up and, and Jack, you probably had this for the broadcast. Uh, you know, they all wear the, the telemetry now. So you know how far these guys run and mm-hmm. how fast these mm-hmm. guys run, all that sort of stuff. I was told that Joe Corona from Tampa through the open cup match against Seattle Nobody ran more than Joe Corona did in those two matches combined. And he started against El Paso and still looked like he had plenty left in the tank, but they got him out of there, scheduled to get him out of there after 45 minutes. But you could see him. He was tracking back and playing great defense. And and you wouldn't have known, not that he's old, but you know where he is in his career, that nobody ran more in either one of the matches, so clearly combined after 120 minutes against Seattle, nobody did more running than Joe Corona, and he still looked pretty damn good in that first half over the weekend against El Paso. It was as best he's had in San Diego. You're absolutely right. And Shannon mentioned, I don't remember the number, um, but you're right. The the most mileage on the team from Joe Corona, who turns 33 in July, um, so not old, right? Not old, not at all, but turns 33. Um, probably going to be, you know, four years older than anybody else in the roster. I don't know if Guido and Guido turns, uh, what, 29 or whatever. Like, so, you know, you're, you're by far oldest player. And yet he has, his burst, his speed was his best he, we have seen uh, in San Diego. And I thought this entire week was really impressive. And he's a guy, remember, you have depth there too. So you don't have to play him 90 the whole time. You don't have to play Colin Martin and Joe Corona and Charlie Adams you know, full 90 if you don't need to this entire 40 match season. But boy, it was, it was fun to watch him here this week. Obviously the two goals stand out, but to me, the plays that stand out are where he's chasing guys down defensively from the midfield line back to the 18 and doing so with a burst of speed. That's what I took away uh, from this week. as his most impressive. When Darren was setting that up, I was convinced he was going to say they did the math and Joe Corona ran from Tampa Bay to Seattle. (laughs) 
<laughs> which I, I don't know what the total numbers are uh, for Joe Corona, but I'm sure it, it's pretty close. Uh, my last question, kind of touching what you were just chatting about, the long-term approach, not exactly how you finish in the regular season. It, it's kind of what you want to do in the postseason. How would you define that the next step, the next big step for the club to take? Is it making, is it just picking up a win in the playoffs? Is it making a run in the postseason? I think I've heard Andrew Vasiliadis talk about uh, hosting a Western conference final uh, for you, in your opinion, what's the next step for the club? Well, literally the next step for the club is to advance in the playoffs, no matter what, right? So it's advancing, um, you know, whether it's on the road or at home is going pretty deep because they've done that. They've made the playoffs. They've hosted the playoff. That last year's goal was host playoff match. Um, now you got to go further than that. Andrew told you guys at the end of last season on this show, that he wanted to host the Western Conference Championship, right? So in the semifinals, with only four teams remaining in all of USL, that was his goal last year. I'm not sure what we would say about this year. But if it's the same, I think that's a very appropriate thing, is to at least get to the Final Four and then see what happens. Because obviously in single elimination, this is not aggregate, so you're kind of taking your chances a little bit. It's a little lucky slash unlucky, depending on matchups and the whole thing in this sport when it's not aggregate. So take you see what happens. But I think I would defer to what Andrew said last year as I think an appropriate measure of success here in year four, uh, given what you've been building to. And I, I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say. San Diego is going to probably be, you know, and it's certainly going to be the top of the Western Conference. But if eight teams make the playoffs, then you see what happens. I think there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of, uh, in again, this league, this sport, a lot of uncertainty. But I think that's an appropriate thing to measure yourself upon, given your past success. Let me ask you both a question, two play-by-play guys. What's what's more uh, satisfying, calling a great goal or calling a great save? Goal. Yeah, goal. I, goal, you know, saves are very quick and in the moment. My favorite thing to call is a well-built-up team, long, extended, finished chance. Like, that. that's that's the best because you, everything's set up for you. The story's written. Right. That's that's the best thing to call. So goals would win in that situation. That's why all the you know, it's why the strikers get all the glory. Hmm. Um, but uh, but certainly saves were fun as well. Especially some of these saves this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, Kokis made some highlight real plays, so good for him. Um, yeah, but they're always quick and in the moment, right? It's always uh you're reacting because inherently on the play by play side, you are calling it for the offense. No matter, you know, it's American football, soccer, uh, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter. You're, you're set, you're inherently calling for the offense uh, and then seeing what happens defensively. So it's a reaction thing, uh, but it's been great to watch. No doubt. Well, here's what I hope for, for you, Jack. I hope you get to call a, a lot more Ronaldo de goals this season. Oh, absolutely. He's, I'm waiting, he's I'm waiting for that yeah. eruption. Yeah. He's he'll, he'll come. I'm not worried about him. His guy with his success rate. No, it, it'll be, it's coming here pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I love that he just he's willing to let it go just fires it off get a shot off anything can happen I do like that that's what, that's what goal scores do man mm-hmm. that's what goal scores they just go for it that's the way that's how you separate yourself let it fly Jack Cronin in year four is the play-by-play voice for San Diego loyal where has the time gone Jack four years already oh, great call yeah it's been quick it's been a burst even a long season when it goes from March to November um, it does feel like it flies by so Appreciate you guys. You guys being there to tell the stories. Uh, I listen, you know, whether it's right before matches or during the week, I'm driving around. Um, being able to bridge the gap between matches, I really appreciate you guys. 
Jack, if there's ever a moment in the future where you feel like you weren't able to really dive into a story on the broadcast and you really want to share it, <laughs> oh, just good. Yeah. hit us up on the podcast and you can uh, share it here. Oh, we have more time. Very good. We have, we have less sponsors to get through throughout that entire broadcast, less commercials, more time, more time. That's awesome. Yeah, what's your, what's your favorite read, Jack? What is your favorite read during a telecast? Is it the Always Loyal podcast? Yeah. Line? Is it obviously. Visit the Shop? <laughs> it, I mean, the shop is great because it's like a double meaning, so I enjoy that one. But it's obviously the oil, Always Loyal podcast. Yes, I mean, it's a chance for me because that one, too, I don't need to, to – get it in before the play happens. I can let that one breathe a little bit because I'm, I'm telling the story of you guys telling stories of the team and I can do it over, you know, 45 seconds instead of having to really get it in quickly. So that's my favorite one by far. Can we turn that into a bit? Can you, after reading that every single time, can you say that Darren is your favorite host of that podcast? <laughs> well, see, why would I say that? No, why would I he lie? It's a bit. It's a bit. Yeah, why would he lie no about favorite. that? It's what uh, I said when I had to read it. You know how weird it was yeah. when I had to read that on the broadcast? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that makes sense though. But I, I can't play favorites here. I love you guys. This is great. Okay. All right. Jack, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the upcoming schedule. The summer months should be a little bit lighter than what we've seen so far, but that June schedule, it's not easy just because there's less games. Doesn't mean it's, it's easier by any stretch. There's some really tough opponents coming up. Jack, thank you so much for hanging out on the always loyal podcast. Thank you, fellas. Put your values in action by doing your banking with blue peak credit union, a purpose-driven financial institution. Learn more at bluepeak.com. Official credit union of San Diego Loyal. Must meet membership and account criteria. Blue Peak? Blue Peak.